Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over, and you, Brewski, 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here, and the Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll say you'll keep it. But anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our hoop ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm recording this on Sunday, a couple days after the road win up in D.C. to beat the Wizards 116-100 to move to a record of 10-9 ahead of the matchup tomorrow versus the Los Angeles Lakers. I apologize for the delay in this episode as work has kept me busy But I have not forgotten about you guys and covering this wonderful program. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for your following, your listening, your viewership, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Share this with friends. Tell everybody about this program. Uh, We're going to continue to crank out content and episodes. And we're going to talk about the matchup versus the Wizards on Friday. The upcoming matchup versus the Lakers. And this week ahead for the Hawks after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HoopBall to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? 
There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. We'll briefly cover the game on Friday. The injury report going into Friday's game had Clint Capella available, Cam Reddish available, and Rajon Rondo available as well. And out were the usual suspects, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Chris Dunn. Starting lineup for the Hawks, Trey Young at the one, Kevin Herter at the two, DeAndre Hunter at the three, John Collins at the four, and Clint Capella at the five. The Hawks and Wizards, two teams in the Southeast Division who will see each other quite often this year. And this is their first meeting of the season that took place on Friday night. The Wizards were going into the game three and 11, and their record is poor, even though they have the two-headed monster in Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill, who is the lead scorer in the NBA. But due to COVID, which really ravaged their team and having six games postponed this season and still not having all their players back and available to play in games, they're certainly better on paper than their record says. And if you obviously you have listened to this on Monday, you already would have seen the huge win from the Wizards to upset the Brooklyn Nets after back-to-back threes with about two seconds left hit by the Wizards to go from being down five to the Nets to being up by one and then a blown layup at the end for the Nets caused them to lose to the Washington Wizards. But back to the Hawks game versus the Wizards on Friday night. The Hawks still need to be on their game. As I said that on paper, They have the potential with that two-headed monster to go off at any time. Trey Young opened the game on Friday night with the three, which was foreshadowing for things to come for the rest of the game. John Collins was scoring the paint in his first attempt on Friday night, which I thought was going to be a key going into the game. Let him be dominant in the paint, especially against that smaller front court in the Wizards and are not as athletic as John Collins. So I thought that he could have eaten very well on Friday night. Hawks defense, which was great all night long. And early on, they just threw a lot of bodies at Brad Beal, really frustrated him, started the game very active, really protecting the paint. And the Hawks aggressively on offense were attacking the paint themselves, trying to open up their offense, which helped get Trey Young to the free throw line, which he would be there a lot that night, which was, as I said, this was foreshadowing as well. As he got to the free throw line early in the first quarter. Tight contest in the first quarter with both teams trying to get in the rhythm. With the Hawks starting the game 4 of 18 from the floor. Gallo would come in the game and provide a spark. Hitting two three-pointers. A nice little mid-range jumper. And a free throw to have nine first quarter points for the Hawks. To help the Hawks go on a 15-5 run to close out the first quarter with a nine-point lead. Second quarter, the Wizards would start off hot on an 8-2 run. Rondo would come off the bench. He was aggressive on the offensive end with eight early points in the game 
to stop the run from the Wizards and get the Hawks going. And uh, after a quick little run for the Hawks, DeAndre Hunter started getting it going as well and put the lead back out to nine points. Hawks defense would settle back, start having active hands again, making things tough in the paint for the Washington Wizards. Hunter would leave, although on the six-minute mark in the second quarter, with knee soreness and would not return for the remainder of the game. We will talk about that a little later in the program. Clint Capella, although, has been a force in the paint defensively pretty much the whole season for the Hawks. That would not change on Friday night with three first-half blocks for Clint Capella, who's just been playing at an exceptional level the last 10 games for the Hawks. Trey Young continues to force himself to the free throw line throughout the game, and he contributes to, with his ability to get to the free throw line, as the Hawks average the most free throws per game in the NBA. And I love this personally, especially for Trey Young, because if he can get to the free throw line, he has an opportunity to obviously shoot free throws, get his shot in rhythm, slow down the game, really control things, and it, he forces you know the referees to make those calls. Uh, he just has a knack for doing that, just like James Harden does and the other great scorers in the league. If you can put yourself at the free throw line, it just really just adds pressure to teams defensively because they don't want to foul you, but it just happens. It just happens, and that's just a skill and a knack that he has, and it helps his team as well, getting a whole bunch of attempts from the free throw line. Everybody follows suit. Dondre Hunter becoming more and more aggressive getting to the free throw line. Cam Reddish, we've seen it in spurts, getting himself to the line as well. I would love to see it more from John Collins. So it's contagious when you see your leader putting himself in position to get to the free throw line, making those referees make that call. But back to the game, Rondo and Westbrook. <laughs> We're going to talk about this throughout the program. They would both get technicals late in the second quarter. They would just go really, really going at it, mouthing off. Uh, just as competitors, you know, they, it's what they do. They've both been in the league for a while, both vets. You both really can't, you can't tell them nothing. Both of them aren't afraid to speak their minds, especially to each other. And there'll be more from this coming later, let's just say that. Uh, Westbrook and Bill were the primary scorers for the Washington Wizards, no surprise there trying to stay in striking distance, but a three-pointer at the buzzer to go into halftime from Cam Reddish would push the lead to 11 points at the half for a score of 61-50. to 50. And As I said, thanks to Reddish and the bench, the Hawks outscored the Wizards bench 26-11 to 11 at the half. Third quarter, Hawks would start off fast behind Trey Young and John Collins. Three-pointers from both of them, including... Another corner three from John Collins, which we've seen more and more as of late. And they pushed the lead out to 17 points in the third quarter. Trey Young hitting a three in the third quarter. That would be his 400th made three-pointer of his young career. He's the fastest player in NBA history to reach that mark. Another milestone and an already really, really good career for Trey Young. And it's only going to get better, I believe that. And this night would only get better from there. The Hawks would continue to play solid defense, making it tough on the Wizards, especially on the NBA leading scorer. That is Bradley Beal, who was frustrated enough to get a technical foul. And then his teammate, Robin Lopez, would get two quick technical fouls from the bench, mouthing off at the ref, and get himself ejected. There'll be more ejections to come in this program. 
defense would continue to be the theme for the Hawks, keeping the lead around 17 points for most of the night. Oyeko Okongwu, the rookie, would have a nice little game off the bench as well. He's still growing, still learning. He has really good feet. He's not afraid on the defensive end. He will challenge shots and getting fouls early on. But you know what? That just takes time, film, and the more and the more he plays, the better he will get on the defensive end and not fouling. And I think he has a bright future as well for this Hawks franchise. Fourth quarter, Hawks will be up by double digits. Russell Westbrook will get his second technical foul after pushing Rajon Rondo and get himself ejected from the game and had Rondo mocking him on the bench. But comes at you fast. Rondo will get his second technical foul after drawing with a official during a timeout, and he himself will get ejected as well. John Collins will get it going early in the fourth quarter, really as they started trying to feature him and let him dominate, do his thing. But the Trey Young takeover will commence in the fourth quarter. Ice Trey was getting to the cup, hitting threes, getting to the free throw line, just getting buckets to close out the stretch. They couldn't do anything with him. They really couldn't guard him down the stretch. And even with Brad Beal trying to get in rhythm, and he got in rhythm and in the fourth quarter, and the Wizards getting as close as 10 points in the fourth. The Hawks were not playing as great of defense in the fourth quarter to close out. They weren't protecting the paint as well, which is something that if we're nitpicky right now, they can improve on going forward. Just continue to close out on the defensive end as you do on the offensive end. But they definitely closed out and won the game, and it was thanks to Trey Young just toying with the Wizards' defense with whoever had to guard him, and just another dominant performance for him. Team stats from Friday night, Hawks shot 45% from the floor and 32% from three. Wizards shot 36.5% from the floor and 25% from the three-point line. Hawks shot 34 free throws on Friday night, made 77% of them roughly. However, they did give up 38 free throws to the Wizards, but there was a lot of fouls called. The Hawks really have done well not putting the other team on the free throw line. This was just a very chippy game. But still, we don't want to make it a habit of putting teams on the free throw line a lot, especially with the teams that we have coming up, which we'll talk about later in the program. Hawks out-rebounded the Wizards by 159-58. 13 Hawks turnovers. Uh, in my opinion, too many turnovers against a very poor defensive team in the Washington Wizards. As I mentioned before tonight, the Washington Wizards played the Nets, who are a great offensive team, but still, they gave up 146 points to them. So they're not really good enough on the defensive end, and we should have done better taking care of the ball against a team as bad as Washington playing defense. And those 13 Hawks turnovers led to 20 Wizards points, so it could have been an even bigger lead, in my opinion, because the Hawks did a really good job on players not named Bill and Westbrook, and we'll talk about the individual individual stats after this plug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruce Letter is back. Oh, yes, back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only 
in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, back. We're going to talk about the Wizards stats real quick. Tied for, you know, the most points scored by the Washington Wizards, Russell Westbrook, no surprise, who scored 26 points on 8 of 18 shooting, knocked down 3 of 5 three-pointers in 7 of 8 of his free throw attempts. Added six rebounds, four assists, and a block before leaving in the mid-fourth quarter due to obviously being ejected from the game. So he could have obviously scored more points on Friday night. But he bowed out with 26 after being ejected. Brad Beal would add 26 points as well on 10 of 26 shooting. And he went 0 for 8 from the three-point line. Shot 6 or 7 from the free throw line. I thought the Hawks played pretty good defense on Brad Beal. Giving him a bunch of looks, throwing a lot of bodies at him, really frustrating him. And he was visibly frustrated most of the night until he got into rhythm in the fourth quarter. But by then, it was a little too late for the Wizards. And only other player in double digits for the Wizards was the two-way player, Garrison Matthews, off the bench with 10. Other players who were close to double digit, former Atlanta Hawk, Alex Lynn, he scored nine and added nine rebounds off the bench. And Roy Hachimura added nine points as well. For the Hawks, Trey Young was the leading scorer. Surprise, surprise. With 41 points, another 40-point performance from Trey Young. He's had few of those this year. No surprise there from Ice Trey. He shot 10 of 18 from the floor, 5 of 9 from the three-point line. Hit 16 of his 17 free throw attempts on Friday night. So buckets was his game. It has been his game ever since his slump he had several games ago. He's really been on a tear as of late, and we'll talk about those numbers a little bit later. He would add five assists on Friday night, three rebounds, and only had two turnovers. So fantastic game, really controlled things, really took care of the ball the entire game. So out of the 13 turnovers, only two of them were on Trey Young. So that is great improvement from him. So we need to just tighten it up as a team, but when your leader is really taking care of the ball, it should translate to everyone else. And he played his game on Friday night, which is what I like. He just played his game at his speed, like a true scoring point guard. And whatever the defense gave him, he reacted and made the right play. And he made a lot of great plays down the stretch, scoring as they were not guarding him at all at times, as it seemed. John Collins, he scored 17 points on 6 of 10 shooting from the floor, went 1 of 4 from the three-point line, went 4 of 6 from the free throw line, added 8 rebounds, including 3 in the offensive glass. And I thought he could have scored more, but he got into foul trouble on Friday night, which kind of hurt his opportunities to score more than 17 points and truly dominate this game, but still a good game from John Collins nonetheless. 
Clint Capella had his 11th double-double of the year on Friday night, scoring 13 points on 6 of 14 shooting, grabbing 14 rebounds, including 5 on the offensive glass. It had 3 assists, and as I mentioned, 3 blocks. Another block party for Clint Capella. He has been doing that a lot this year for the Hawks. Danilo Gallinari would add 11 points off the bench on 4 of Eight shooting from the floor, including two of four from the three-point line. And he went one of two from the free throw line. He missed his first free throw of the season on Friday night. And he would add three rebounds. Rajon Rondo, as I said before, added eight points off the bench before getting ejected. Also had four assists and two rebounds. Cam Reddish, after scoring 24 in the game prior, only had seven points off the bench with three rebounds. DeAndre Hunter had six points before leaving with an injury. And Oyeko Kongu, the rookie, would add six points off the bench and four rebounds. I did not mention Kevin Herter. Did not score a lot of points on Friday night, but he had a pretty tough defensive assignment guarding Brad Beal, and he did a fair job on Brad Beal. So a lot of energy expended on the defensive end, so he did not score as much, but we will not dismiss his defensive effort. So... Going forward for the Hawks, going into the matchup tomorrow with the Lakers, Trey Young and Oyeko Okongu are right now probable. Out are the usual suspects, Chris Dunn, Bogey, and as I mentioned, DeAndre Hunter will be out tomorrow with the right knee soreness. And update says that he could be back at any point this week, but no one knows for sure, which is good. It's not a serious injury, but certainly this is a week we truly do need him. For the Lakers going into tomorrow's game, Braun has a sprained left ankle and Anthony Davis has a right quad contusion. So they are both questionable, but I expect both of them to be available and play unless said otherwise. LeBron James has not missed a game all season long and if he does play, that will be Cam Reddish's primary defensive assignment. So no, But no matter who plays for the Lakers, they have a lot of vets and a lot of confidence, like the Clippers, who came into Atlanta last week. And although the Hawks got the win without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers certainly played hard and competed. And, and because of that effort and that competitive spirit that they have, they did not get blown out by the Hawks when all signs pointed to without Paul George and Kawhi, who averaged 50 points per game combined. Normally, a team with those type of players, without them on the court, would probably get blown out. So, for the Lakers, regardless if AD and Bron don't play, they're going to play hard. They're coming off a championship. They got confidence and continuity. Both of them are at a all-time high, as you would probably expect. So, the Lakers, no matter who is on the floor, will not be an easy matchup, especially if the Brow and the King are going to be playing in tomorrow's game. So we will see how the Hawks fare. This will be a game where the Hawks will have to give effort just like they did with the Bucks and the Nets. They must have the right lineups on the floor and they must execute at a high level. Not having DeAndre Hunter will be a blow for this Hawks team, but that means that Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter will have to be on tomorrow night. Cam Reddish will be Task, as I said before, guarding LeBron James. So offensively, I, we need a big game from Kevin Herter. We need to get him going, let him get his shots in the mid-range. 
hopefully put himself at the free throw line, get him in the rhythm, and let that three-point shot fall. So we're going to need a big game from Kevin Herter tomorrow night. Clint Capella and John Collins will have to be ready as well. Front court assignments of Marcus Saul, Anthony Davis, Kuzma, you know, Montrez Harrell off the bench. So they're going to have their hands full as well with Oyeko Okongwu being probable. He's gotten a lot of clock instead of Bruno Fernando. Hopefully he will be able to give it a go. This would be a good experience for him, but it's going to be all hands on deck for this Lakers team coming into Atlanta tomorrow. The Lakers are currently eighth in the NBA offensively and first on the defensive end. So I said before, I will say it again, execution will be crucial for the Atlanta Hawks. And it lies on the shoulders of Trey Young, who is, as I said, has had some huge games in the last five games. Since the Detroit game, where the Hawks came back in overtime, Trey Young has averaged 37.6 points per game, almost eight assists per game. He's shooting 52% from the floor, almost 54% from the three-point line, uh, averaging 13 free throw attempts per game and shooting just under 88% from the foul line. He will have to have a big game tomorrow. He's going to have to execute. He's going to have to get everybody involved. He's going to have to get himself to the free throw line. We are going to need him in a big way tomorrow. And if they key on him hard, other players got to step up. Herder, Reddish, get you some opportunities. Collins is going to have a tough assignment with AD, but he's going to have to get it going. Capella is going to have to dominate his matchups at the five. We're really going to need him tomorrow. And then whatever we get from the bench, as I said before, it's going to be all hands on deck with the Lake Show rolling into town. Regardless of how the defense of the Lakers will play and challenge this Hawks team, Hawks team is going to have to find ways to execute possession by possession. The Hawks currently boast the seventh best offensive rating in the NBA. They're 11th in points per game. And on a defensive end, which should be a surprise to a lot of listeners, the Hawks are currently 12th in opponents' points per game in the NBA, which is really good considering where they came from last year. And they're currently 11th in defensive rating. Those are both numbers that I said that if the Hawks were going to be a playoff team, they needed to be, I said, at least bottom 15, but 13 or higher for me to be comfortable in saying that this is going to be a playoff team. Defensively, this is where playoff teams normally are when you talk about numbers. They still need to improve in in-game situation, and there's some easy opportunities that they give for opponents. So they're going to continue to tighten things up, but I like the direction this team is going. We're going to, That's going to be a little theme here as I close out this episode. But the Hawks are definitely going to have to contain the dynamic duo in LeBron and AD if they give it a go as best as they can. That's a tall task for any team, let alone the Hawks. And they're going to have to force other players for the Lakers to beat them tomorrow night. And like I said, no matter how you slice it, it's going to be a tall task, especially without DeAndre Hunter, who's the Hawks' second leading scorer this year. And he's one of their best defenders. And that's, you know, no question. That's, you know, that, that's, that's DeAndre Hunter. So people are going to have to step up. Like I said before, this will be a chance. And this is, this is not even talking about just the Lakers game. This is a game Wednesday versus the Mavs, Thursday versus the Jazz, and the Raptors, depending on if, you know, DeAndre Hunter comes back within these next, you know, three three to four games. Uh, Still, 
this will be an opportunity for Herder and Reddish to try to establish a little more consistency on the offensive end as they will certainly be fed and featured more with DeAndre Hunter out. The Hawks are going to have to feature John Collins more. As I always say, he needs at least 12 to 13 shots minimum per game. But the Hawks still got to continue to play games. The Hawks have to play Dallas on Wednesday, as I said, who they've been struggling with the five-game losing streak. And this is a, a internet rivalry as a lot of the diehard Luka fans on the internet they will certainly, you know, say that they won the trade and jeer at the Hawks. And the Hawks are turning it on this year as they put more around Trey Young. And so now Trey Young fans can have some ground and say, hey, now that we've added more around him, Trey Young was already doing this before. You gave him toys to play with. Now look at the team. So this is going to be a fun competitive matchup. Fun competitive matchup. I cannot wait for that one. And even though they've been struggling down the stretch, talking about the Mavericks, the Hawks are going to have to be up for them. It's going to be a competitive game. Luke is going to do all he can to win the game. And it's just going to be a fun matchup. I can't wait for that one. After that, they play the Utah Jazz on a back-to-back. So on Thursday night, they will welcome them to the State Farm Arena after the Jazz thumped them two weeks ago in Salt Lake City. But they have a chance for revenge right now. As the Utah Jazz do boast the second best record in the West, it is time for the Hawks to show that they have improved. They certainly have improved since that Jazz game. They're almost a different team uh, from that performance where they just came out with just low energy, which started with Trey Young and the trickle through the rest of the team. Clint Capella was not afraid. DeAndre Hunter had a good game. Cam Reddish had a good game. But... Trey Young is going to look to play better as they had a really good defensive game plan. So everybody else is going to have to step up. It's going to be a back-to-back. They're going to have to bring, you know, their lunch pail against the Jazz, who are a really good defensive team. They're going to have to certainly guard a three-point line a lot better than they did in that first matchup versus Utah. And bring that energy. Bring that energy that we've seen the last five games to avoid a repeat performance that they had in Utah two weeks ago. And I will go on the record and say that I expect them to play with more energy and I expect them to be more competitive this game. And I think they can pull it out against the Utah Jazz. I have a lot of confidence in the Hawks and what I've seen as of late. And you should too. We'll continue to talk about why. On Saturday, they finish with the Toronto Raptors who are 6-4 and four in the last 10 games. The same record in the last 10 games as the Atlanta Hawks. They're playing better and it would be a test as well. The Raptors are middle of the road on defense and offense, but it should be a game that the Hawks should win, but it's going to be tough. Nothing is given in the NBA as the Toronto Raptors still have that championship DNA embedded in them as they still have Lowry, you still have Siakam, you still have OG Onanobi, Fred Van Fleet, all players who were on that championship team a couple of years ago. You know that Toronto is going to play hard. They're going to play tough. They're going to play defense. They're going to get their players in optimal spots for them to hit their shots. So we're going to have to bring it on the defensive end, bring it offensively, execute. We're going to have to do this every game, but these games are going to have, you know, higher attention to detail because of who we are playing down the stretch. And after the Raptors game on Saturday, their next game will be next Wednesday against the Dallas Mavericks again on the road. So the Hawks will get some well-deserved rest after this stretch of four games here this week. 
in my opinion, as far as DeAndre Hunter coming back, if he's back for the Jazz game, that's the best case scenario. No need to play him on Wednesday. If he has that knee soreness and it's going to be a back-to-back, I'd rather have him available against the Jazz than the Mavericks, but I don't get paid to make that decision. We will see how he progresses and what the Hawks do decide for him going forward. And even with DeAndre Hunter out, I still see there's a scenario where the Hawks take three or four this week. As I said, I'm very confident in his team. Even with him out and with him playing, I still think three out of four is a possibility. I think the Lakers game, especially if Braun and AD are playing, that's the game that we do drop. But I think it sets up a great, tough game, hard-fought game against the Mavericks. A tough game against the Jazz. And at home, they have that revenge factor. I think they take that and then... Even though that the Raptors are playing better, I think the Hawks can take that game as well from them. Certainly won't be a cakewalk, but people will have to step up, be ready. They're going to have to have that laser focus, attention to detail this week. And if they can take three or four this week, that will put the Hawks at 13-10 and 10 through the first 23 games, which is a very, very good pace and place as far as when you think about the rest of the season going forward and where they want to end up obviously being in the playoffs, being 13-10 and 10 now with a tough stretch ahead would really set the Hawks up well currently. They're six in the East still in their last 10 games, as I said, six and four, so a winning percentage of 600 for the Hawks. They're trending in the right direction, and they still got a lot of room for growth and improvement. I'm looking forward this week. Fight, grit, focus, execution, people stepping up, and if, if we can do all these things this week and get all these things from the Hawks, taking the three or four games, I think that's very, very obtainable for them. I think that they should be at least 500 this week, at worst, in my opinion. And if, if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, a lot of the teams above them have been dropping a few games here and there. And the East is tight, very tight. I expect it to be that way the entire season. So the Hawks continue to take it one game at a time, Starting with the Lakers, play hard, fight, play with that grit, play with that energy, play with that effort, do what you can against the Lakers. And even if they lose and it's a hard fought game, that's still something to build on. And even if it's a bad game, like I said, we still have room to improve and grow. We can look at the film. We don't have to travel. We're going to be at home. Look at things that we need to improve and get better on. I like where they are at right now. Currently, talking about the Hawks record-wise, and you should too. We can be nitpicky. There's still things Lloyd Pierce has to get better at. Still, everybody on the team has to get better at. But from where we were last year to now, it's night and day, especially on the defensive end. They still got room to get better there. Offensively, we know they can score points. They're very potent. And they're trending in the right direction. I think they're going to continue to ride that wave, ride this energy. Even with DeAndre Hunter out, that takes a little wind out of the sails for the Hawks. I think players are going to step up. They're going to have to step up. And I'm really interested to see how they respond to adversity. We will see. Starting with the Lake Show tomorrow and this tough stretch. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. That's no cap. Numbers do not lie. Share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. 
follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett, 67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. And as always, yeah! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.